Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity, or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. Hello and welcome to Bewilderbeasts. I'm your host, Melissa Mickey McGrath, recording 1,156.5 miles from Smyrna, Georgia, USA. And today we're talking about a select few of the hundreds of Chilean protesting dogs. All right, let's go. everyone. So right off the bat, no Doom Bloom updates yet. Um, They haven't arrived, so I can't report back on it just yet, but stay tuned. And I'm still very excited. I did get a shipping notification and it's en route. So Um, so I live another day. Um, As for this week's episode, it always cracks me up when I get to a when I get to do a really good dog story. And then realize I haven't done many of them about dogs in the course of this entire show, given my profession is working with dogs. There have been a few. Uh, We've done Balto and Togo. We've done Whale Poop Detection Dogs. The All Newfoundland Special with Harry Mann and Reef, the the lifeguard dog. Um, There were also the episodes on the guard dogs who live with the endangered little penguin in Australia and the incredible story of the Seeing Eye Dogs program. There are 68 episodes and, what, seven stories have to do with dogs? Well, today we're bringing that number up to eight. I have been wanting to do this episode for quite a while, and it is time. There are hundreds of dogs around the globe, often street dogs, homeless dogs, and stray dogs, who roll up when people congregate in protest. Why do they show up? And more importantly, why do they do what they do? I have theories I mean, maybe the humans who are protesting are showing them kindness or feed them. The dogs might just like to be around people. But to do what they do, these dogs are not trained to go after police and military. And yet, when Lauka from Greece was featured in Time magazine a few years ago, picking up a tear gas canister to run away with it, as he had watched the other protesters do time and time and time again, he became an international symbol of fighting for the little guy. Sometimes big ideas can be more easily heard through satire, through metaphor, and in this case, through the animals who are on the front lines. So with all of that said, let's go to Chile to meet a couple of the hundreds of Chilean protesting street dogs who appear to show up to help to save protesters from abuse from militarized police and out-of-control dictators. Let's do this. 
2005, high schoolers in Chile took to the streets. They believed, as I do too, that quality education should be a fundamental right for all kids, not just something afforded to the rich or in some countries to just men or boys. The Chilean high schoolers in their black and white school uniforms would march and protest in the streets for free and quality education for all. These kids, these young protesters and their supporters who should have been protected by the Chilean government, were instead hit with water cannons and rubber bullets by militarized police. This story is about Pepe, his owner called him that, who was a black, labby, muddy-type stray dog who liked his freedom and went where he liked, which is culturally normative in Chile. But it's also the story of Negro Matapacos, or the Black Cop Killer. Sounds ominous. This was the dog who defended high school students and college kids from militarized police abuse when they were protesting for their right to education. Bebe and Negro Matapacos are the same dog. So let's tell this story from Maria's perspective first. Maria sold snacks and drinks on the street to get by. Every day she worked on the same street corner in Santiago, Chile, in South America. She dreamed big of having her own store someday, something that she worked very hard on the same street corner every day for years. She wanted to make a life for herself, and what little she had, she wanted to give back to the street dogs who kept her company at home, and occasionally on that same street corner where she sold snacks. I mean, girl, same. In 2009, Maria headed home on the buses she did every single day. She saw a black dog barking at traffic. She tossed him some of the food she had on hand, and whenever she could, she'd slip him some water too as she saw this dog from time to time, and then she'd carry on her way. This went on for a while. But one day, when the temperatures dropped, she happened to look up from her house and saw the shy, skittish black dog from the street looking at her through her window. Okay, I trust you. From over here, he seemed to say. So she opened the door to the house where he found a spot to sleep, and she called him Babe. The next day, he went out, but returned at the end of the day for food and a place to lay his head, not unlike a 50s dad taking his briefcase and disappearing in the family car for the day. Bye, honey, I'll uh, be back after work. And like 50s dads, at least the ones that I saw on TV, they didn't really talk about their daily activities. They just went back into the house, enjoyed dinner, went to bed, did it all over the next day. Eventually, he let Maria put sweaters on him when the temperatures got really cold, which was actually super cute. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And every morning, Maria gave Babe permission to roam, and every night he would come home, home to Maria. But first, let's see what's up in Chile to give us a protest for this dog to be a hero at. Starting in 2005, high schoolers in Chile would take to the streets with signs, with chants, and screaming, hoping someone in charge would hear them. They were out day after day after day protesting the inequality and unfairness in education. And it was also a student-led protest that happened to bring attention to police brutality. It's a problem that they had in this country. Instead of being taken seriously, which honestly, always take kids seriously, the news and the media called these marches the March of the Penguins because the kids had their black and white school uniforms. 
Six years later, in 2011, many of these once high schoolers were now college kids, and these college students joined with more high school kids to scream for attention, scream for educational reform, scream so those in charge could hear them. The streets swelled to thousands in Santiago for free education for all. Education should not just be for the rich. Even children knew this. And it turns out, even a dog knew this. It also turns out that dictatorships, gerrymandering, and vote suppression are really bad for countries. Apparently. Naturally, the government responded as governments tend to do when inconvenienced with things that demonstrate inequality and unfairness. The government responded with tanks, guns, and militarized police. Riot gear, rubber bullets, water cannons, and more were targeted at students. Which, ironically, what the students were protesting all along, I should call this Exhibit A. So Maria was watching the news of this escalation with the riot gear police throwing tear gas at young people. But something made her stop in her tracks. She saw a familiar face. Her babe, her stray friend, the shy, scared dog who was terrified of people, had managed to put himself on the front lines of this countrywide protest. He wasn't there to hold a sign. Come on, he can't hold a sign. He's a dog. He doesn't have thumbs. But he was clearly protecting the students from police. Which I'll interject. Protecting students is what the police should be doing. But whatever. One of the students put a red bandana on Babe, which quickly became his signature look. He turned in defense of the students as the guns pointed at the students he charged, earning him the nickname Negro Matapacos, the black cop killer. Now let's be clear, this dog killed zero cops. But that's one heck of a superhero name for one who stands up against corrupt politicians and police, right? And at the end of the day, Negro Matapacos could not put on his Clark Kent glasses and hide his cape of justice, which in this case was just a red bandana. We've been over this. He's a dog, no thumbs. So a secret identity was not really in the cards. However, when Babe walked in through the front door with a red bandana, Maria's suspicions were confirmed. She now knew who she saw defending the kids and the protesters. It was her Babe. And that night, he went to bed and got up the next morning, red bandana still affixed to his neck, and went out for another walkabout, checking his p-mail and a little bit of social justice, as you do. The police hated this dog. They hated that he was getting this attention. And now this dog was circulating on social media, embarrassing the police, embarrassing the dictatorship. And because this dog was circulating on social media, as dogs do, and that started to bring international attention to the protesters. And attention on protesters is what dictators hate more than anything. It's really hard to abuse your people if everyone can see you. And people around the world start to, well, care. And when you have a black homeless dog and a red bandana on the front lines taking shot from a militarized police force, let's just say the cops didn't take it well. So they did what people who have had all the power go to their heads do. Strap into a tank and try to take out the threat. In this case, they used the tank to run over a street dog. And when Negro Matapacos was hit by the tank, 
the students immediately leapt to his aid and into action. They brought him to school and they started uploading pictures of the tank hitting this dog, which is where Maria learned of what happened to her friend Bobay. Maria couldn't afford a taxi, so she closed up the shop and took two buses and a train. It took Maria two hours to get to the bedside of her beloved dog. The students saw how upset she was and how loved this dog was, and they knew she couldn't afford the surgery to keep him alive. So the students, once protected by Bobe's alter ego, Negro Matapacos, stepped up and saved him in return. They rallied and raised the money to save this dog. Maria went every day to the animal hospital, brought chicken and bread, his favorite, I'm told. The veterinarians explained that this wasn't necessary. They have dog food on hand. It's an animal hospital. But Maria said no. The chicken and bread was more important to her. But let's be real. Seeing her friend was the most important part. And when he was well enough to come home, even after being hit by a freaking tank by the police, every time there were protests audible from the house, he would cry and pace and look at her and plead with her to open the door. But she couldn't risk it. Her beloved Babe needed to be safe. But he needed to help the students. He'd look at her with those big puppy dog eyes and she finally relented. Maria opened the door to let him out. But not without the sign of the cross saying a prayer and kissing him on the snout before opening the door. He didn't even look back. He raced off with a mission. Towards the chanting, towards the swelling cries, towards the students. Pause for a moment here. Can you even imagine what the police thought? When they saw this black dog with a red bandana seemingly back from the dead, Zombie black cop killer? This dog's myth is growing by the minute and he is still alive at this point. I bet that probably got in their heads a little bit. Anyway, unpause. Negro Matapacos would come home at the end of the day, tired and hungry for a good meal, a nice place to sleep, get his beauty rest, because when you're the unofficial face of a countrywide movement, you have to look your best for the cameras. He'd then repeat it all the next morning. And he did this for years. In 2013, new Chilean leadership promised education reform. Basically, that's fancy speak for fixing the problems, make sure education was a right afforded to all kids, not just the rich. This was more or less an empty promise, but it was enough at the time to extinguish the fire of the protesters, at least for a little while. Four years later in 2017, Babe started coughing. Maria and her friend helped get Babe to the vet, but by the time they got him there, he had already died in the car of a heart attack. The worst part of having a dog is that they don't ever, ever, ever have enough years with us. And Babe was no different in this respect. Maria was heartbroken. The students were heartbroken, and this is where you would think the story would stop, but it didn't. There's still probably another 10 minutes left. (laughs) Maria finally went on to earn enough money to buy her own convenience store, save more dogs. She kept on keeping on. But in 2019, the inequity that was rampant in education reform 
bloomed and erupted into bigger highlights of unfairness in Chile. The streets again swelled like waves crashing in an angry ocean, which is what happens when people are treated unfairly. Inequity and unfairness all over this country reached a tipping point. Maria was terrified. Something was different this time. The air felt electric. But one day after closing her store, two years after Babe had passed away, Maria went home and she turned on the television and she couldn't believe what she saw. The news was showing images of her beloved Babe, who the students, again, called Negro Matapacos. And he was back in the news as his alter ego. The once younger students had remembered the dog who saved them, who they knew as Negro Matapacos, who Maria knew as Babe, the dog who saved them, who they saved in return, and they used his image, the red bandana on a black body and everything. They used him to be the face of their movement this time. The graffiti images of the dog barking at police, protecting the protesters, posters, even statues, all bore his image as the protests began again. Rise up, rise up. A shelter and protesters erected a 20-foot-high statue, two basketball nets tall, made of wood and paper mache, and they rolled it into the center of the protests in Santiago with a sign on how to adopt dogs just like him at the shelter. And vandals being vandals burned it down. Because of course they did. And if you're on the side of a fight where you need to burn a statue of a homeless dog because you're mad, bro, I promise that you are on the wrong side of history. But it turns out, you can't burn down Matapacos. The protesters and the artists rebuilt it days later, 20 feet tall again, standing strong in the center of the protest, this time adorned with leaves and flowers. Y'all, this is about the point where I started sobbing while writing this story. Negro Matapacos became a symbol and recognized around the globe. The Hachiko statue in Japan. We have not talked about Hachiko yet, but we will. Hachiko was a dog who went to the train station every day to meet his owner at the station until one day the owner died and never came home. Until Hachiko's death years later, he walked to the train station every day to wait for his owner who was never coming back. And now you might know why I can't quite cover that story, at least not yet. I'm a puddle over a social justice dog right now. There is no way I can get through the Hachiko story without a lot of therapy before and after. In 2019, when police in New York City, this is a different hemisphere of the globe from Chile, the New York City police officers decided to crack down on fair jumpers. And for those of you not in a city, fair jumpers are people who jump over the turnstile or the gate at a train station, and they're not paying for a ticket to ride the train. Which I would argue, if you need to jump fair, then maybe going after people who can't afford to take a train, a service provided by taxpayers, then maybe just let them go. The train is going no matter what, so just let them go. It's like if you see someone stealing bread. The answer is no, you didn't. You saw nothing. There is a famous photo of the New York City police in this case, over $2.75 train fare, who by the dozens surrounded and tackled a teenager 
and drew guns in the biggest city in the United States and boarded the train. The unarmed black teenager who was complying with hands up just turned to someone on the train and said, please call my mom. And that's when a dozen police surrounded the kid with guns drawn. Some kids, kids, were punched in the face by police to get compliance, all for a $2.75 ticket. All of the documented cases I could find were of black and brown children. Overnight, a red bandana mysteriously appeared on Balto, the Central Park statue in New York City of the famous lead sled dog. And that's when NYC street artists did what they did best. Over the course of what seemed like minutes, posters with a red and white sun rising in the sky, the Statue of Liberty in the distance, and a black, labby, muddy-like dog with a red bandana staring at the viewer, teeth bared, head low, protecting the statue. These posters started showing up on abandoned walls in train stations and windows in the Bronx. This was Babay, back from the dead. And again, it would seem, in art form, standing up for inequity. Stickers appeared in New York City depicting a smiling Negro Matapacos jumping a turnstile with the words evade. Spray-painted graffiti with a black dog outlined with a red bandana with the words in that specific graffiti font saying Matapacos, or police killer, started popping up all over New York City just as it had done in Chile the same year. And then he showed up again in graffiti and in murals in Mexico. Where there is social injustice, education inequality, and laws and barriers to basic transportation so people can get to work, get to school, get to a dying relative, to see their kids play or to visit a loved one, I hope we always see El Negro Matapacos to remind us who we are supposed to protect. Those who need health care, those who need and want education, those who need and want equality. And if it takes the image of a black street dog fearlessly charging at police in riot gear and water cannons and tanks who are attacking those who just want to be afforded basic human rights like education to help us see the inhumanity of hierarchical systems that thrive on power across the globe, then bring it, Bebe. But El Negro Matapacos was not the only street dog in Chile that had an NWA soundtrack playing sick beats while running with protesters. Negro Matapacos' spirit lives on in literally hundreds of dogs who are showing up to defend protesters from violent Chilean police. One in particular, a Chilean dog named El Vaquita, which roughly translates to little cow. I'm guessing for his stocky build and black and white markings and not his ability to moo, had been marching with the protesters. There are awesome videos of this little dog weaving through the hordes of people, wagging his tail, and just kind of sauntering up to the front lines to bark and defend against tanks, against guns, against people shooting at him. And he's often seen walking slowly next to marching people cheering for equality, begging for equality, demanding equality in the face of tear gas and water cannons and rubber bullets and assault and abuse and more. Including riot shotguns that were shooting at the dog. And this isn't a police-trained dog, a military animal. 
This is a homeless dog who is just staying with the people who are asking not to be shot at. So when El Vaquita was shot by a riot shotgun, the injuries were quite serious. But the dog would not allow himself to be captured, even though he was injured. So the protesters, and I really have to hand it to them on this one, this is my favorite part, they staged a fake protest outside of the animal hospital to trap the dog. When El Vaquita arrived to the fight the man and rah 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 and justice for all, or eat the rich or milk bones for everyone, whatever he was protesting, they were able to lead him into the veterinarians for care. I know, how sweet. There is this awesome photo of El Vaquita with a cone of shame on his head, which did not diminish his street cred at all. Epilogue? Well, the MTA, those who run the New York City train subway bus systems, put forth a proposal of $249 million to spend on new police officers, nearly doubling the paramilitary police force to catch fare jumpers for $2.75, which if you do the math, $249 million is way more than the $200 million that they usually lose every year to fare jumpers. So, math? I feel like they have the wrong takeaway here, especially after what I just said about militarized police. But what do I know? I'm just the daughter of a police officer in the military and happen to have a Silly Kids podcast about animals. During the coronavirus epidemic, an animal shelter in Antofagasta took in El Vaquita and other stray dogs who had nowhere to go during the pandemic. El Vaquita appears to have made a full recovery. What about the protesters? Well, in 2013, when reform was promised in education and immediately that promise was broken by the Chilean government, it was less than 10 years ago, by the way. This isn't some old tiny thing in decades gone by. This is very recent history. And these marches, these protests, these highlights of inequality and inequity based primarily on biological sex, skin color, race, income, ability, mental health, physical health, which affects law and education and mental health services, the ability to eat food or to walk through the world or move through the world fairly and with the same rights as everyone else, not just on paper, but truly all of it, is very much a fight that is still continuing to go on in Chile and around the world. It's been going on here in the U.S. as well. This is not ancient history. This is happening now. Pay attention, particularly to the inequities in the legal system here and in the education system here. And if military or police are sent to protect and serve, maybe you're lucky to be in a community where they protect and serve those who need to be protected. And maybe you're not. So pay attention to who is getting the protection. And if it seems unfair that poor or people of color or LGBTQIA or women or kids or teachers are not being protected by those sent to protect and serve, it's your duty to ask questions. If those people in particular are being attacked, especially by the government that is saying that they are there to protect and serve, 
then maybe the government in those individual cases are protecting themselves and not the people they need to protect. Turns out even a dog could figure that out. Maria, Babay's friend. I won't say owner, because that dog was absolutely never owned. She still has her store as of March 2021. And at that time, she had three street dogs who lived in her house. And at that time, she had three street dogs who lived in her house. Though she said that's likely to be more in time. And you know what? I believe her. Those are the luckiest dogs indeed. So thank you for joining me today on Bewilderbeasts. I will say, as many do, we don't deserve dogs. And I had once dated a guy that my dog Sadie was not very fond of. She was right, but it took me a little bit of time to see it. And funny enough, she ran straight up to some stranger about 15 years ago, and that stranger became my husband. So I guess what I'm saying here is dogs generally have a good idea about a person's character. If there are homeless dogs who are using valuable energy and resources protesting what a government is doing and is taking bullets and tank treads and tear gas and still comes back to bark at you, you're probably on the wrong side. Dogs are awesome. If you want more of this, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash bewilderbeasts. Bonus episodes for everyone are just a buck a month. That's it. And extra goodies for anyone who supports at a higher level. And if you have questions or thoughts or topics that you'd be interested in having me bring up on the show, send it in. If you know of any historical animals who changed the world, animals who help humans, other animals standing up for the little guy in big ways, send it in to bewilderbeastpod at gmail.com. Tweet at bewilderedpod, bewilderbeastpod on Facebook, and bewilderbeasts on Instagram. I am Melissa McHugh McGrath with Mutt Stuff Media. I'm a dog trainer here in Southern Maine and an author of a book called Considerations for the City Dog, which you don't have to be in the city. It's just great, great dog ownership stuff. So go ahead and pick it up if you're if you're into that kind of thing. Because, you know, dogs. <laughs> it's my actual job. All right, now go get curious. I got today's information from blurredbylines.com. Wikipedia.com on Negro Matapacos. Duolingo has an amazing podcast where I was able to get about half of Maria's story firsthand because I don't speak Spanish about how she met and loved Babe through his life. There's a link in the show notes. Um, I just took the listennotes.com, but if you go to Duolingo and look up El Perro que Protest, um, that should come up for you. Thebark.com and historyofyesterday.com. There are two Twitter feeds that I that also inspired today, at Midnucas on Twitter and Working Class History on Twitter. And this is where I first learned of El Vaquita, the dog who needed a fake protest to get medical attention. Go ahead and follow them at WRK Class History on Twitter. Link to that very specific tweet is in the show notes. Links, as always, are in the description of today's episode. Introduction music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Leibowitz. Interstitial music is by MK2. Additional music is provided by Pixabay and freesound.org. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Please subscribe. That really helps. Review and share with your curious friends. 
Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.